Welcome back, or welcome to the ABCs of Disability Planning podcast. My name is Eric Jorgensen. I am the founder of Special Needs Navigator and the host of this podcast. I started Special Needs Navigator to help individuals, professionals, and families navigate the maze of benefits, resources, and services available to those with intellectual developmental disabilities. This podcast came from that desire because I use the ABCs of Disability Planning podcast to introduce you to organizations, services, things like that that you may have never heard of. If you are aware of a program that you think would make a good guest, please reach out to me. I'm always looking for professionals, especially those that serve nationally. Today's guest is Natalie Hawkins. She is a board-certified music therapist. We don't dive into what music therapy is. If you'd like to learn more about music therapy, please listen to my episode with Darcy O'Daniel, and that would be episode 17. I'll include a link in that in the show notes. What I brought Natalie on was to talk about her program, Notes by Natalie. And Notes by Natalie, it's designed to engage students' sensory motor functions by utilizing music to increase motivation and engagement while providing cognitive enhancement through music-based learning. This isn't done independently. This is all done in connection with a student's IEP. So if when you're listening to this episode, we did our best to make it concrete examples of, of what a student would use it for and how a teacher or a physical therapist would incorporate this into their day-to-days. Parents can use it, absolutely. You know, Natalie does share that that students get sign-ins, much like they have a Google sign-in or whatever else. So I encourage you, if you'd like to learn more, to reach out to Natalie. Her contact information will be in the show notes. She is Central Time, so if you're calling her, try to keep in mind where you're calling from for the time difference. And let's dive in and hear what Natalie has to say. Welcome, Natalie, to the ABCs of Disability Planning podcast. Thank you for joining me. Today, the focus is really going to be on Notes by Natalie, your board-certified music therapist. And I, I want to start by explaining what that is, but I don't want to do too deep of a dive into music therapy because we I did an episode back with Darcy O'Daniel, Notable Progressions, episode 17, for anybody that wants to do a deep dive into music therapy. But Natalie, what does it mean to be a board-certified music therapist? Why is board-certified important? Yeah, so I think it really, the credentials are really important for us to be recognized as a viable, necessary service within the education field. So I, so to become board certified, you will take a board exam, you have to go through a six to nine month internship where you're getting real world experience, and then you, your supervisor after your internship deems you competent in the field of music therapy. And then that's when you become board certified after that board exam. So it's really, it's really important just for us to have that credential to be able to fall back on. It's also really important to know that music therapy is research and evidence-based. I think a lot of times people hear music and they're like, oh, so you're going to like solve all my problems and play a song for me with guitar. And it's like, no, we, you know, we have treatment plans and we have very specific research that we follow within the field as well. Well, and and that research base and evidence base, I mean, I'm looking at it when I looked at your website and I saw everything you did, I'm like, holy crap. Because I was kind of like, okay, maybe not just a guitar. She probably got some drum solos in there. (laughs) 
always recording music, so I have a lot of help with different programs. But yeah, <laughs> we do a lot. Let's talk. What is Notes by Natalie? You know, who's it for? I wrote down that it covers four domains. I'd like to explore what that means. Yeah. You know, um, but let's start off with like an overview. What is Notes by Natalie? Yeah. So this program is designed really when I started this, it was designed for students within special, we, we still say special education in my area. I know some other places are saying accessible, exceptional, but within special education, it is for students to work on individual goals that are based on their IEPs. So it can be very specific or very broad classroom goals. So I partner with a school district and, you know, they come to me and they say, hey, we need more programs for phonics or more programs for first, second, third grade level reading. So then I go and create programs based on that for specific goals for the students. This is all music based and it's all on, it's all based in technology. So I've created this based out of my success that I've seen with my own students. And I like to call it my love project because I've created this out of all of the amazing experiences I've had with my students and in their classrooms. And these are interventions that have worked with my own students that I've created for, to basically to elaborate on the impact of what I've seen. And because it's technology-based, it means it can be global, right? It can go anywhere? Yes. Yeah. And that's what's, that's what's beautiful, too, is that it can be completely versatile to where we can even change, like, the picture that you see on the screen, the exact song, if a student has a certain genre they love. Like, we can personalize every single program for the students, which I really think just makes it their own experience. Cool. Can you give an example for, for somebody to get a picture of, of what a notes by Natalie intervention, if that's the right word, what it would be like? Yeah, yeah, this is a great question. I actually get this question a lot because there are a lot of layers to it. So sometimes it's hard to visualize. So a great example would be a student who maybe is showing behaviors right before specials or right before lunch when they know that it's a less structured time. Maybe they have, you know, sensory challenges where that's a, a really stressful time for that student. So what a teacher or provider could do, they could have the a certain program. A great example is um, a program I have is called Head to Toes and it's grounding. It's a grounding program for anxiety. So it's working on, okay, we're touching our head, toes, ears, nose, what else? Oh, knees, elbows. And they're just touching different parts of their body, just kind of giving them some body orientation, sense of their environment, and really inducing relaxation is, is the end goal for that student to prime them to go into specials, to go into lunch, wherever that anxiety inducing environment would be for them. So a student would sit down in front of the computer and they would, the program would come up, they would get to choose their, we call it the stage selection. So they get to choose what environment they like to complete the program in, which I love, students love. So we have a park, we have a gym, we have a new, a new setting that's basic. So it takes out all of that extra visual stimuli for our students who maybe are not able to focus with all that extra stuff on the screen. And they get to choose that. And they sit down and they would complete the poses that they see on the screen. Meanwhile, the music that I have created within the program is going along with the program. Then they're finished the program. This 
particular program is about two minutes long. Some of them are as long as five minutes. Some of them are as short as one minute for littles with those shorter attention spans. And then they would be able, they would be primed, ready to go into their next part of their day. So it's, we're finding that it really works like in the middle of the day and in intermittent times. And it's used really well for proactive, for proactive measures for behaviors. So you'd want to do it not when somebody's starting to have a behavior, but let's say you've been observing this student for, you know, three, four months, or maybe it was carried over from the previous year that, hey, when this stuff happens, here's some, these are some things that seem to trigger him or her. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, okay. And you can kind of know before, but I mean, it's also really powerful to use during de-escalation. Just music itself is, is just a really powerful means to kind of break through to a student. You know, sometimes I see students who are escalating or escalated, right? And it's just like nothing can get through to them. And sometimes music is the thing that just cuts right through and they're like, oh, I am okay, right? And then it, it brings them back to, to reality. And now that you said this is for schools, is there, is there anything like this for parents? You know, I'm thinking back to when my son was in school, he would get through the school. Okay. The school day. Okay. But he would come home and it was just like, you know, barriers drop and, oh my gosh, I don't have to front anymore. Yeah. Or is it something that they could do before they go home for the day to kind of ground them or something? Yeah. I think one part of this is what I love is what I've seen with students. And I started to realize this with virtual music therapy and then with this program as well, that some students, especially students with autism, are engaging more with this because it takes away social anxiety for them. So I love that. So you just said, you know, you can take down the front. This is a way for them to take down the front while they're at school. They can go and interact and they're, and it's also, they're simultaneously working on their very specific skills and they're not losing those social emotional skills because they're working on them in the classroom and then trans, translating that to, to real world experiences. But this is something that I love that parents can use as well. So this can be used on any device and it's, in the same way that, you know, a student gets an email login, they would get their own notes by Natalie login. And th this is something that is very user friendly. So parents who maybe have are not in the educational world, right, can go in and easily use this and run the programs for their student. You know, my thought, I always hear the, the comment like, well, we're trying to do less screens and we're trying to do no screen time. And I support that, right? I think there's really wonderful learning happen happening outside of screens, but I also think that our students learn really well on screens as well. So if we can have a really good mixture of that, this is something that gives parents a resource that they can use at home where they are not taking away screen time, but giving learning, giving movement, giving social emotional learning skills all within that screen time. It's really yeah. making it more productive, yeah. It sounds awesome. I, I would say I'm probably a little more contrarian about the screen time because we're in the <laughs> yeah. 21st century and you've shown me an adult who doesn't have their face buried in a phone right. 75% of the day. And then we can talk about kids getting too much screen time. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, and I don't know if it's, if it's chicken egg, you know, but whatever, you know, I don't see nowadays it's, it's not, I don't think I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I don't think screen time is as bad as it was when I was growing up in the eighties yeah. because it's not just Thundercats and GI Joe that we're watching on TV. I mean, nowadays you have baby Einstein. Well, that was when my son was younger, but you have all these other amazing, like I do a lot of stuff online 
with YouTube videos or masterclass or all of these other things. And it's a virtual screen time thing. And there's stuff I do that's fun. And, you know, Pokemon Go, I'm one of those guys. But <laughs> I found it myself. <laughs> So I don't, I don't know that screen time should get such a bad rap. I mean, I, I went off on a tangent. I, I did warn you that that happens occasionally. No, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I agree with you. And I think we, you know, we have generations that are very much pushing against screen time. But I think that our students today learn, are continuing to learn in really different, diverse, innovative ways. And they're like, they're hungry for that because they were born into this. And so they're like, you know, it's just, it doesn't connect with them in the same way that maybe technology would. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I, I think we, we really can start to kind of like re-envision what learning is. And I mean, think about like DoorDash, Uber Eats. I think there's more people ordering stuff online than there are going to a store to interact with people. You know, when you go to restaurants, I don't see people engaging with the wait staff as much as they did when we were younger. So I don't think, again, I got to be careful. I'm not a therapist. I, I have, I'm not a psychologist, but I don't think there's any harm in teaching, you know, teaching the kids the constructive use of technology and, right. and, and yeah. not criminalizing it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think I like what you said, like teaching them how to use it and also the the negative sides of it too. Like yeah. we can, we can just ha come with, come at it with a very like informed way of, of teaching our children. Like, Hey, this is, this is your technology. This is social media. These are the things that are happening and this is how it affects you. But you know, we're not going to just completely take it away. We're going to just make sure you're informed about it. So yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, so the students that, that do these head, shoulders, toes, did mm -hmm. I say that right? Head to toes, but head we two toes. Sorry. <laughs> okay. The students that do the head to toes, I wonder if they can't carry that over after they leave school and they need, they need a, as an adult going to work, they need a break. So they go into the bathroom or, or a break mm -hmm. room and they center themselves using something like this. And I maybe not this specifically because if it has them get on the floor, you wouldn't want to do that in the bathroom. But I mean, you get what I mean, right? I mean, they, they can carry this over beyond school or summer break or, mm -hmm. you know, be, you know, even though they may not have the login anymore, you, you learn those behaviors and, yeah. you know, especially if it becomes rote, if it's, if it's repetitive, then, yeah. you know, I think it could carry over, right? Or. Yeah, absolutely. I have a certain program that is designed. I mean, they're all designed to carry on outside of the program, outside of music. Right. But a certain program that I'm thinking of, it's called, it's a count backwards program. So it's teaching the coping skill of counting backwards from five. And it has different poses for each. And this, once again, is grounding because they're given touch your head, touch your shoulders, touch your nose. They're given different poses that match each number. So this is something that can be utilized, yes, in the school day. But when they get home, maybe when they are in summer and they're feeling really overwhelmed, a parent can say, hey, why don't you go count backwards, five, four, three, two, one, and then come back and then we're ready to we're ready to go on vacation or whatever they're doing. So it's something that can absolutely be translated. And I mean, that's the end goal for every music therapist. And that's the end goal for this program that, that students and that students and clients are able to use it and use the skills that we teach them and take them through life, really through life. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I want to, again, this is out of ignorance. I want to talk about the different domains. You have social, emotional, educational, physical, and cognitive 
What what can you just give me like an overview of what those mean, how they relate to students and, and what you're trying to address with those? Yeah, so we'll start with physical. So for the physical domain, some of the goal areas and I work in there, it's um, we work on range of motion, stamina, crossing midline, we work on overall movement. So a lot of teachers need more movement resources, they they need brain break resources. And that's where that physical, that physical domain comes in. I'm, I'm always creating movement resources for teachers. And that's usually for our students with like multiple disabilities who maybe are in a wheelchair, or maybe we're working on very specific range of motion with them. One part of this program that I absolutely love, one of the many parts of the program that I love is that we can change the poses to match a student's baseline. So if a student can only stretch their arm right here straight out and the goal is that they're stretching up here we can create the pose that this is them successfully completing the pose and then we're slowly changing the pose to match to match their goal so it can go from baseline to goal with with the poses it's very simple to change it's very simple to personalize so I love that because it's it's so inclusive to let any student who maybe is not able to engage completely in the range of motion programs, it lets them participate. So that's in the physical domain. And and before we go on from there, that would be, you would get input from the physical therapist, the occupational therapist, they would both have say in that because you said Mm -hmm. this is all fed from the IEP, right? So, yeah, you know, even if, even if they, you know, and I could see how, how I think back to my son, he would see therapists outside of school and we just got everybody on the same page. You know, so I'm thinking cerebral palsy, perhaps, right, where, where yeah. some of the rigidity or, of the limbs or something are trying to make mm-hmm. it more, you know, trying to ease up on some of that. I think yeah. that would be an example. I'm, I'm trying to paint concrete examples to help parents kind of get a visual for, well, who would use this? And maybe other parents are out there and I totally get it, but I'm, I'm, I'm coming from a place of I really need to help. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm tying it to cerebral palsy because that's the most visible to me with the rigidity mm-hmm. of some of the limbs sometimes. Yeah, definitely. That is definitely what how it could be used. And, and there is the another piece of this is that it's it's a collaboration. So it's a partnership. So myself, and then my team, I have a team behind me as well. We all are on on that school district's team or that organization's team as much as they want us to be. So I do monthly check-ins with them. I reach out, I say, hey, how are things going? Let's jump on a 20-minute Zoom. Let me create some programs for you. What programs are working? What how, would you like to try? I give them tips on best practices with the content and with the resources, with the program. So it's all collaboration. So things like that, collaborating with the PT and the OT is is absolutely appropriate and something that we we do. Awesome. I have, I'm going to let you get back to the domains, but I have another question that just came up and I should have asked it before we recorded, but it didn't dawn on me. Okay. Would teams be something like a self-directed team? I mean, or is this strictly for 21 and under? Because I'm thinking about parents who do self-directed, they, they often hire their own professionals, you know, paid for by Medicaid waiver. And it's called something different things in different states. But basically, if you own your budget and you are hiring your own staff, and I'm saying this for the listeners, that is self-directed. It might be called something else in your state. But if, if you are not getting services by a specific agency, but rather you are bringing on staff. Well, my question, Natalie, is, is there an opportunity for a person who's doing self-directed to maybe sign up with Notes by Natalie? Or is it really meant to be at the enterprise level, like a, a huge school district? 
Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. So right now, our minimum number of users is we have zero to 40 users. Okay. So it's it's mostly enterprise level. But just myself as a music therapist, I'm very passionate about parent education outside of Notes by Natalie. And so that's something that I really would like to build out just working with individual parents. And that wouldn't be in conflict with Notes by Natalie because it would be like my specific resources. So it wouldn't be the the technology and the partnered partnered programs that I've created. But that is something I would like to build out is is being able to to make it a little bit more accessible to, you know, just like an individual parent who needs resources or needs music therapy. And then they could use Medicaid funds for from the waiver. And again, we're getting way off, yeah. off trail. So <laughs> I apologize. I'll bring bring us back in. So you covered the physical domain. What's the next domain you'd like to cover? Um, we can talk about the educational domain. So that's it's pretty heavy in, in educational programs as well, or we'll say interventions because as a whole it is a program, and then the smaller parts of it are interventions. So within the cognitive domain, um, I'm working on a lot of those skills that are sometimes overlooked in IEPs. So these are, I think this is a good area to look at like for additional services for for students. So maybe they'll have an educational goal, a social emotional goal and a physical goal on their IEP. And then they could have this, they could have this cognitive skills practicing that's just an additional service that's outside of their IEP. So that's working on skills like impulse control, attention to task, different types of memory. There's specific like sustained memory where they are, or sustained attention where they are working on sustained engagement with the poses, with the music, holding poses. So there's a lot built into that with with impulse control and just working on overall just attention and engagement in that area which, as we know, really encourages more success for educational goal areas as well. Because when a student, you know, how will a student successfully complete a test or complete an educational goal when they can't pay attention to the educational goal, right? So it's a way to work on those smaller skills for that. And and it sounds like the music, because this is all set to music, right? Music and, and visuals. It sounds like that would keep them engaged. Whereas if you said you just need to sit quietly for five minutes, I have trouble sitting quietly for two minutes. I, I fail miserably when I try to meditate. So, <laughs> you know, you, you take somebody with ADHD or something and, uh, you know, you're just, you, it's almost not fair to try to give them, to ask them to do this without giving them yeah. something to anchor to, right? Is that the way to think about it? Yeah, it's, it's really not meeting them where they're at. It's not meeting them at their, the, the way that their brain is wired. It's not it's not setting them up for success at all when, when we put them in a box of like, okay, you have to sit here quietly. But yeah, this is the, the goal of those specific programs is to engage and to give them something to interact with, to, to help with that impulse control, to help with that attention. And then, you know, just like I was saying earlier, it's, it's translating those skills from the program to real world situations. So it's practicing those skills in a safe environment and then translating it out. And do you, because going back to the fact that this is all evidence-based, are you seeing the the capacity for students to take what they're learning from these different interventions and carry it over to real life? I mean, are you seeing that? Is there a way to quantify that? So a lot of this is, it's all quantitative data. So it's, 
another piece of this is it's automated data that we're receiving from the students based on the poses that they oh. are completing or not completing. Oh. So we're able to we're able to gather standardized data every single time that a student runs a program, which wow. is really amazing. We can see the historical data that this is great for teams. They can have report formulation. They can um, administrators can go in and check on specific students, specific teachers. So we're seeing a lot of quantitative data, but a lot of the qualitative we hear from the the districts that we work with, we hear, you know, hey, this student is really working on impulse control and they really love the ocean song intervention. So we're really hearing what interventions they love, but a lot of that just comes with like that collaboration piece, like, you know, however much they want us to be involved then we get to hear those like real life experiences. So sometimes districts like are like, we have the program, we're happy, cool. And then some are like calling me every, you know, every month, like, hey, can we talk about this? Can we talk about this program? And I really love, love it either way. But yeah, it, it's cool to see the applicable translation. And I didn't realize you had the automated data gathering. I mean, so that means if there was a university out there or something like that, that wanted to run a study, because universities often do these, they can they, they may be able to reach out to you to ask for some data or something. Or if you decide you want to partner with a university or something, I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't realize all this was automated. That's that's really, really cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of what sets us apart is there's no other company that's doing everything that uh, it's three companies. There's no other company that's doing everything that the three of us are doing with the different, the, just the platform functions, you know, so I'm at the report formulation and then all of the administration, you know, when people sign on they're they're trained on the administrative side of everything. Like they wow. get to know the whole platform and how to create reports, how to look at all the specific data collection. And then the other partner company is a company that has what's called the tool set. And so that's where my program is housed within that tool set. And that's where they're through their body motions, students' body motions being tracked, they are able to automate that data. And it's standardized. It's This is all HIPAA and FERPA compliant as well. So it's just, it's really just one of a kind and there's a lot of layers to it, but this is really worthwhile for, for districts, yeah. There's so I know what HIPAA is. What was the other one you said? What did you say? I know what HIPAA is. What's the other one? Um, FERPA. F-E-R-P-A. Yes. Okay. I have no idea what that is. I've never heard of it before. (laughs) So HIPAA is more for like, more like for like medical settings from my understanding. This would be more like my CEO could speak on this more, but then FERPA is the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act. So that's more for like educational settings. Okay, cool. I learned something new today. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Look, I'm you an acronym. Look out. (laughs) All right, so we covered the physical domain, the educational domain, cognitive domain, that leaves the social, the social emotional, right? Yes, yes. So within this domain, there are a lot of self-regulation programs. I have some deep breathing exercises within this program, stretching, just inducing relaxation, teaching coping skills. I have an emotion expression and emotion recognition program. So working on that, like specifically for our students with autism, practicing that skill, you know, what does happy look like? Show us what happy looks like. How is this person feeling? Are they feeling sad or are they feeling angry? And they, you know, kind of just deciphering facial expressions and then having that student practice, practice what those 
those facial expressions look like as well is is one of the other programs that's involved with that. But there's a lot of coping skills. I talked about like the count backwards program, the the deep breathing, the stretching, just developing those skills that, you know, we talked about carrying into everyday life. You know, we we have a stressful day and how, you know, how do we help like in a healthy way, manage that stress. And this is teaching those skills at a very young age and just trying to teach it as, as early on as possible, just to, you know, the, the end goal, the end mission of this is that this program creates a more inclusive, better world. And, you know, that's, that's like the big overview mission of what I'm doing and why I do what I do. And I think those social emotional programs are really the way to start, start with that. There's also programs that talk about different, different uh, social emotional concepts. So like healthy friendship, working on like diverse diversity and inclusion, what you know, it's okay, if someone looks different than us, or talks different than us, we can still be friends with them, teaching those those concepts that sometimes we don't talk about in school, but I think we talk about those in adulthood. So why are we not talking about that about them in school, right? So just kind of opening up the conversation around diversity, inclusion, and accessibility. So, and I, th- I think that needs to be brought into classrooms of people without disabilities too. I mean, I think yeah, we're, we are grossly just so divided as a country right now. And, and I don't know how to get around it other than, you know, bringing it in at an early age and hoping that the young, the next couple generations do better than we did. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my goal with this program is that, you know, it can give, honestly, just give some positive light, you know, outside of like, Oh, here's all the skills and the automated data. And here's all of these wonderful things that it offers your district and IEP outcomes. And it's really just like, just giving a positive light in the world right now and giving a positive light to students and to teachers, letting teachers take a break and watch their students engage in something that they are, that they've never seen them engage in like before. And really just to, to make the world better is, is the, the whole end goal here. <laughs> right. It may, it may see, you know, if, if, if more and more schools take this on, they may see a reduction in the need for, for restraint or other behaviors, you know, maybe there's a way to incorporate into people that don't have IEPs, but maybe they act out. And it, it, is it for 504s and IEPs or just IEPs? It's really for just like broad, we, we usually, we just market it to IEPs, but it's broad. Like it can okay. be the 504 goals as well or goal areas as well. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm are they working on all these domains at once? Is it, how do I think about this? Like, is it, you know, because I'm not, education is my weakest area when it comes to disabilities and everything else. It, education is my weakest area. You know, I, so I'm trying to get a, an idea. When do the different domains come into play? Is it, is it like, let's use the physical domain, for example, with, with the stretching and the, the changing poses. Is that more of, okay, we're not having any interventions that we need right now, but we want part of the IEP goal is to, over the course of the year, increase range of motion 20 degrees. And I don't know, I, I, I prefaced all this by saying I don't have a clue. So bear with me if I'm, <laughs> if I'm making something that's just like, dude, what is wrong with you? No. But, you know, so you would come in maybe once or twice a week and use Notes by Natalie as part of the regular, regularly scheduled programming. Again, maybe not the best word, but, you know, for that child, right? So Mondays and Thursdays, perhaps there would be a 10-minute Notes by Natalie session or something. 
Is that yeah. the right way to think about it? Yeah, that's exactly the right way. So think of it like there's 100 programs, a list of programs. They have within that, those 100 programs, there's all the different domains, right? So there's probably around an even number of each program, like 25 of each. So the student is, and this is always growing, by the way, too, right? Because as we continue to partner, I continue to create programs. It's always adapting, which is amazing. But so then a, a teacher would go in and say, okay, Sally is working on range of motion and stretching and self-regulation. So then the teacher could go in, and this is all in the training as well. The teacher could go in and choose those exact programs to work with Sally. So then Whoa. Sally would get her, her, her program list, and then it would be at the teacher's discretion or the parent, if the parent's doing this at home, to choose like which program they do that day. So this is something that can be utilized every single day. This can be utilized in cir morning circle time to prime the students for the day. This can be used every single day before lunch, at the end of the day, before they go home. Or it could be used specifically for Sally, who needs a range of motion intervention every single day, five days a week. I wonder if this couldn't be used by, again, taking this out of the school and, and you know, bear with me, Natalie, we've talked enough, you know, this is how my brain goes. But what if, what if state voc rehab agencies use this to help people reenter the workforce? You know, let's say somebody has anxiety or somebody has behaviors that keep them from keeping a job for a long time, right? Maybe this could be incorporated by voc rehab at the, at the state level to say, hey, individuals, because they, they, they work with so many, any type of disability. Yeah. So maybe there's a way that can say, we don't need these programs over here because they're specifically education focused. But right. these programs over here, we, I think we can adapt them for employment, right? I mean, I, I mean, so that's one place I could see it. Yeah. And then by the same token, the state Medicaid waiver agencies, the HCBS, whoever administers the HCBS waivers, again, they have personal supports and employment and these big agencies that are administering these waivers with all of these different adults who are, they're trying to incorporate and, and teach, maybe not teach, that's not the right word, but help them leave the, live their best independent lives. You know, they didn't have these opportunities when they were students right. because this technology didn't exist, but maybe now in their thirties and forties, not for everybody. I, I hear people saying that won't work for my kid, whatever. But I mean, maybe that's an opportunity down the road too. And, and maybe I'm just, you know, talking a little Mary Jane. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Oh man, I love that. No, I think I really struggle because I want, I know how powerful music is and I know how powerful this technology is. And it, I really struggle because I'm like, I could just help everyone. Like we could right. just like, and so, right. I mean, right now the focus is, you know, early childhood through yeah. secondary programs, okay. but I agree with you that these, you know, those, especially those social emotional programs could easily, I have, I have a, a guided meditation program, like those could easily be translated into other areas. And, you know, the, the goal is that I can start early so that our future looks different. Right. So then when these students are 30 to 40, that they've already had this, this, this program. Right. But it, it absolutely could be translated into those populations as well. And I think it, I, I do struggle with that. Cause I'm like, man, like we could be here, we could be here. Like I have, um, and I do, I have an Alzheimer's group 
which is outside of special education, obviously. And I work with those individuals and I'm like, man, they would love this. They could totally do this. And it's just, you know, I have to like put a cap on it for, you know, a couple of years and then maybe in a couple of years. Yeah, we'll, we'll revisit it. <laughs> but, yeah, or, or, you know, yeah. if, if, I mean, would, would this be something that, yeah, I, I, I get it. You grow, grow gradually. So you, you, you don't run out of capital and you, you know, scale and it's controlled. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, I just get it. I get excited by this stuff because I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I can too. see so many applications. <laughs> me too. I know it's, I have to like tell myself sometimes, like I have to have a talk with myself and be like, listen, you need to calm down. Okay. <laughs> you can help these people and then go on to the next, the next group. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's why I have a business coach. Cause she keeps me grounded and, yeah. you know, and I'm like, but, 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 well, okay, you're right. I need to. <laughs> yeah, I need one of those because I'm always like, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And it's usually my friends are like, are you sure? <laughs> like, oh, let, me re- let me rethink for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been fantastic, Natalie. Is there anything I should have asked about that I didn't? Anything that you want to make sure you highlight about Notice by Natalie? I think the other piece of it is that the educational domain is just within that is really focusing on very specific academic goals. So I have, you know, math programs. I'm currently creating storybook programs for comprehension. These these really go very deep into academics, even down to like standardized levels of like high frequency words or working on rhyming, working on prepositions. Like there are so many educational areas that I work on within the program that I think that's really important to know as well that that's it's it's really heavy in that. But I think as far as you know today I think I just I you know this is my like I said earlier my love project and this is really my mission and why I think I'm here and you know I know we're not supposed to like tie ourselves to a to a career or to a business or so is who it's so hard. I know. Right. But it's so hard to, to not do that because it's like, I see the benefits. I see how incredibly impactful this can be. And it's, it's hard to not be attached to it. So this is, is something I'm very passionate about. And I just really, the goal is to bring this to as many school districts and students and teachers as possible. So for the listeners, you know, I know that your audience is typically some, you know, professionals and then parents as well. But, you know, if if there's anyone maybe within your student school district or even if you have connections within a district or within a nonprofit organization, just kind of spreading the word. And I'm very accessible. I can be reached via email. I take a lot of phone calls. I love phone calls. I love jumping on Zooms. So I try to be very accessible just to uh, always talk about not only Notes by Natalie, but music therapy as a whole as well. Yeah, and most school districts will have a special education parent advisory committee mm-hmm. called different things, but that would be a great opportunity for an introduction because the, you know, the special education will have representatives on that committee. That's, that could be a great first introduction, perhaps, you know, for parents that aren't sure where to go. If you have a PTO, PT, PTO, PTA, parent, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Pay time off. Yeah, okay, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this has been awesome, Natalie. I'm going to make sure I include a, a link to Notes by Natalie, your email. If you're giving me permission to put your phone number there, I will. But just remember, she's central time. So if you're on the East Coast, you're, you know, be a little respectful about when you call. <laughs> you can call me at like 8 a.m. there, 7 a.m. here. I'll be up. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, this has been awesome, Natalie. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for, you know, being my guest. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. This has been honestly so awesome and, and a real honor to be a part of it. Thank you for listening. I hope you took away as many notes as I did. I easily have two to three pages and I, I usually do when I'm talking to guests like Natalie. She's just, you know, she's got so much to put out and I'm doing the best I can to to share what she does and what all my guests do in an easily digestible format. But it, I understand sometimes this medium can be difficult. So I do publish these interviews on my YouTube channel. You can, you can find them on the Special Needs Navigator YouTube channel. But more importantly, I would really like you to reach out to the guests if you would like to learn more. They're really the best option to help you understand what they do and see if it can fit into your child's planning process or if there's anything that they can do to help you or, or some friends of yours. I'd like to ask you to share this episode with people that are interested in music therapy and, and the different ways it can help people with your teachers and special education and anybody else that you, you think would really just benefit. I'd also like to bring up that I'm, I'm looking for additional support for the podcast, not to belabor the point, but podcasts can get expensive with the recording and the uh, sound engineers. And I can just use your help with the support to continue creating the additional content that I create that I publish on YouTube channels and then making sure that at some point I would really like to have transcripts available for individuals who are hearing impaired to have the whole, the whole podcast transcribed. And then at a future date, I would also have, like to have these translated into different languages. And that's where the support would go. It would be going into getting a transcription service. It would go into getting the translation services. You know, there is the option when you go to the Anchor website to sign up for, for support. And anything you can do, I truly appreciate. Thank you.